Hey friend, Graham Baldwin here with The Speaker Lab. Hey, wouldn't it be nice if someone gave you the exact process to find and book more speaking gigs in 2024? That'd be nice, right? Well, I'll tell you what, we're just gonna do that for you. We've created a new 18-page guide based on Dan Irvin's process that helped him actually book over $100,000 in speaking gigs in the past year. Now, Dan is one of our uh, team members here. He's this, a very successful speaker and also one of our coaches. And so you're gonna learn how to get started prospecting, master discovery calls, proposal emails, and so much more. All you got to do is go to thespeakerlab.com slash steps. Again, that's plural, thespeakerlab.com slash steps. We're going to send you that PDF guide right to your inbox. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash steps. That's it. That's all you got to do. Go there. Hey, thanks for listening. We appreciate it. You're awesome. Hey, what's up, my friends? Graham Baldwin here. Welcome back to the Speaker Lab podcast. As you can see, I uh, not see, but you can hear I got a little... <clears throat> I don't know, something going on in my throat today. I think it's allergies or something, but uh, that's one of the joys of uh, speaking is the show must go on, uh, both literally and figuratively, whenever you are uh, recording a podcast episode or whenever you are uh, out on the road and traveling and speaking. So I hope you're doing well. hope you're having a great day. I appreciate you hanging out with us. Hey, we got a great episode for you today. This is one that uh, we've had some people ask for, but as some of you may know, I'm actually in a, a mastermind with a couple other guys that I've been involved in with uh, for a couple years now. And the mastermind has really had a huge, huge impact in my overall business and even just life, I guess, quote unquote, off the court and uh, off of uh, outside of business. So we decided what to do was I wanted to have these guys on from our mastermind and for us to just kind of kick around and discuss what our mastermind is and what we do within it and what the benefit is, what the wins are. So today we talked through like different components of the group, some things we've tried. We've tried uh, using Slack, calls, we tried a book club, we do a lot of retreats, we have involved our wives. So we talked about that. We talk about how our group formed and what we would recommend if you were looking to form a group. And then we also talk about, you know, the groups can be very, very hit and miss. And so we talk about what we feel like makes our group work. And so what you should be looking for if you're looking for a mastermind as well. But I can honestly say that this has been one of the best things in my business professionally. And then also one of the best things for me personally is being able to do business and just ultimately do life with these guys. So uh, really excited to share this conversation. I'll tell you right now, that when we all get together, we are very goofy, silly. We're literally like a, a couple of uh, uh, junior high boys. And so it takes a couple minutes to get going in the conversation, but hang with us and we'll get there. So I'll let the guys introduce themselves here in just a second. So uh, let's get right into it. Enjoy this uh, conversation with uh, myself and our mastermind. Graham Baldwin here. I'm joined by three beautiful men who that I have the blessing and the curse of being in a mastermind with. We tried recording earlier and uh, we are literally 14 year old boys who just goof off and ding around. And it's amazing that any of us make a living online. But uh, so today I wanted to have these guys on just to talk a little bit about our mastermind. This is a question I get from time to time is how do you start a mastermind? How do you find a mastermind? What's the point of a mastermind? And so we're going to kind of dig into that conversation. So first of all, let's start by introducing everyone since we got we got a few people here that are joining us we got jeff rose brian harris and joe michael jeff why don't you start by uh giving us the nutshell of who you are and what you do the real version you want the funny version i'll take the real version i think that would be more valuable <laughs> all right i'm trying to be serious here uh my name is brian harris i listen to podcasts <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, sorry. I, I, knew, I knew I shouldn't have started with you. Sorry. <laughs> couldn't resist. Um, serious version. Jeff Rose, certified financial planner. I have a wealth management firm. As far as the online space, I have a blog, goodfinancialsense.com. I like to play online games. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I send emails. 
That's that's <laughs> that's the glamorous life of, uh, of an entrepreneur, right there. That's really at the end of the day what we do. We just send emails. We yeah, I'm gonna borrow that. A lot of a lot of responding to emails. Uh, Brian, tell us about yourself. Let me just transition over here. So, <laughs> uh, my name is Brian Harris. I run a site called Video Fruit, where uh, we create courses and software products to help people grow their list and launch products. Did you work on that? That feels like very tight and succinct. It is. I, I've been drawing hearts and thinking about what my two sentence little intro would be. That was good. That was good. Maybe had a transition in there. That's good. That's nice. All right, Joe, who are you? What do you do? I am a scammy internet marketer and oh. basically, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> definitely not, real. definitely not that, but I do want to have a firm like Jeff. So I think I'm going to say I am a, a, a course creation firm. Am I allowed to say Ooh. that's a firm? Doesn't that sound really cool? It does. Basically, I create um, online courses for folks to help them learn things quicker. Started with a program called Scrivener to help writers master the program and then branched out from there into teaching other people how to create their own courses. And now we've got a ton of little courses in the mix. So lots of course creation. Lots firm. of course creation, indeed. All right. So I get this question a lot from people. People want to know, like, I, I see that you hang out with this group of guys, that you guys are a, a mastermind. How would you describe what a mastermind is to people on the outside looking in going, what is it that you guys do? You, it seems like you work and play and goof off and all of the above. So how would you describe to outside people what uh, our mastermind is? It kind of goes back to the good old days. I was going to try to make some, some reference to old school. The good old days. That's If you're not watching the video version of this, you have to. Because there's all kind of good stuff going on in the video. I would say it's a group of guys who all have similar <clears throat> outlooks on life and core values and help each other with business. Uh, it's kind of lonely when you're growing a business, especially online, because you don't have, even though if you have contractors or employees or whoever they are, like uh, they're really helpful and nice, but they're not in person and it can get lonely and weird and you can get mentally stuck in a lot of things that you wouldn't get stuck otherwise if you were in person. So uh, at least in the beginning of our mastermind, that was a big part for me was just the camaraderie piece. And yeah, so I'm gonna go with that. Joe, go Jeff, anything to add to that? I'm really um, just head over heels for these guys. <laughs> oh man, the effect didn't work. That was rule number one, Brian. Don't fall in love with us. That's it. But you just did it anyway. Yeah. No, I think about like my early days of starting the business when I didn't know anybody like online. And I remember thinking like you'd run into a little snag or a little question or you wanted some feedback and you'd just be like, dang it. Like I just need to ask somebody. I need to, I need like a little help here. And there was like nobody. And so maybe you'd go out to some like friend or something. They're like, what do you do on the internets? And, and you're just like, oh, you don't get it. So it's just like, it's nice to have a group of guys that get it, that are kind of like in the same type of business that you can bounce ideas off of, hold each other accountable, all that kind of good stuff. And not to mention, have fun with, do life with, and joke around and, and play games with. <laughs> How do you feel like your guys' business have evolved and changed by being a part of a mastermind? Brian Harris. Brian just up and vanished. That was perfect. <laughs> you, get it? you get it? Got it. Got it. I will, uh, I'll try to remember to post the video for this because it's, it's, it would be fascinating for people to see. Have you been doing doodles all day, Brian? All day. <laughs> I just want to say this guy is, is good. Let me ask again here. <laughs> Let's try this again. This is all staying in, by the way. 
how do you feel like your business has changed or evolved from, or even just benefited uh, from being in the group? Why don't you go I'm, first, Jeff? I know, at least for me personally, I mean, with this mastermind and other, other masterminds, I've had a lot of amazing, great ideas that were going to change the world that I was getting ready to spend hours upon hours and money, you know, launching these ideas. And then when you actually say these ideas out loud to a mastermind group and they hear what you want to do and they ask the question, what? <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Or you get that, that real feedback that you don't get maybe from your spouse or somebody else. Like, oh yeah, that's great. You should do that. And I think that's valuable because I think we all want to do a lot of different things. So among not going down the path of starting bad ideas and just staying laser focused on what you're currently working on. So I think it's easy to get distracted, at least for me. It's like I want to do 27 things at once. So now I try to keep it about seven things at once. Right. Do you feel like the, from the business standpoint, like has your business grown? Have you seen any revenue increase or anything that you can tie back to being involved with the mastermind? <clears throat> I definitely would grow if we didn't spend so much money on Whirly Ball when we have our little meetups. <laughs> that's a huge about. expense. But no, seriously though, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't have a, a direct metric to it, but I mean, I know my revenue has grown and I can just think of different things I've implemented that were not solely my idea, whether that was just getting feedback or just seeing what other people were doing and trying to mimic that towards you know, my blog, my business, what I need to, need to get going. So that's been a huge impact. Yeah, I think it's been an, um, a benefit that I know I didn't expect would be like when we're, well, I'm sure we'll get into format later, but I mean, we go through like hot seats and somebody will ask a question and then you can kind of give feedback. And it's amazing how many ideas that you'll take to your own business while giving feedback to other people's businesses that are similar but different. So there's a lot of those kind of things. And then plus the accountability. I know we've gone through periods of time where some of us may not get things done as quick as we're supposed to. And having that accountability of adding some kind of a consequence in there or something like that in order to hit a deadline to get it done is just a lot of times the extra push. So for me, yes. And this group has saved me from registering some terrible domain names. And I'm just going to leave it there. We have, we have done that uh, m many a time. Um, okay, so let's. I want to talk about the format piece, but I want to I want to come back to that. So let's talk first of all about how our particular group came to be because I know. One question I know I personally get a lot from people is, how do I find a group? How do I form a group? How do I create a group? So Brian, why don't you give us a nutshell on how, like how did this particular group come to be? Because uh, Brian, Joe, and myself are some of the OGs. Jeff has been new kid on the block for a little while now, but Brian, how did this particular group come together? This group, it was, let's see, it's 17, 16, 15, January, 2015. We had our first meetup. And I think you and Joe met at, FinCon, I'm going to go with. Maybe not that one. Maybe it was another yeah. meetup. Y'all met, y'all talked. I think Andy Tribe was in that. Maybe an early stage conversation. Somehow my name came up. I think Grant reached out to me and invited me to the group. I eventually said yes. So it was me, Joe, Grant, Andy. Was that it to that begin it with? First four, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> and then we had a few people cycling in and out. Daryl Vesterfeld's been a part of it. Bob Loddick's been a part of it. Andy. I guess those are the three that have come in and have left. Uh, so currently it's just us four right now, but uh, it's been fun. It's been two and I don't know, two and a quarter years so far and been a good time, but pretty ordinary. Like most people, when I think of starting masterminds, I think it's this big thing that I got to convince people that are way ahead of them to jump in and be a part of, but just start with the people, you know, and just ask them like something I did and I still do, but I did before I had an official mastermind group. 
was uh, find people that are smart that I like that you share similar you know outlooks on life and you just like actually like talking to and invite them to do like a call once a month and just like get on the call for an hour and chat like me and Brian Dean still do that we've been doing that for three or four years me and Andrew Warner started that three or four years ago and we're down to once a month now I think we used to do every week and now we're down to once a month but those are great like and that can evolve into a mastermind it can just stay a one-on-one thing but don't overcomplicate it just start with what you have. Like, who do you know that's kind of at a similar stage or maybe one step ahead of you and invite them to chat on a regular basis and just see what it evolves into. If you're going to create a mastermind from scratch, do you feel like the people that you would invite need to be people that you know? Do they need to be people that are where you're at or ahead of you? Or what would be like the criteria that people should be looking for if they're going to start their own? I would say being the smartest person in the room is never a good thing. Like find people that are better than you, but you can't go three and four steps ahead of you. Like if you have an email and the email list isn't the ultimate gauge, but that's the way I think about things. If you have an email list of a hundred people and you go to try to invite Tim Ferriss to be part of your mastermind, like it's just not happening. Like find somebody that has, that's a year or two in, maybe have the email list of a thousand or 10,000 people and start there. So I would start with people similar to you or ahead of you. And if you find people, like if it may be like stage of business is a better thing to gauge it off of. Yeah, I was going to kind of echo that too, because I was thinking, Grant, when you and I first met in FinCon, like we ended up talking, learning about each other's business. And we're like, wow, we're, we're like, we're really similar. And we were both like, we both said, look, we want to go to the next level. Like we're here, we want to go to here. And how can we do it? We started talking about our struggles. And we realized we're very similar business wise, goal wise, what we visioned, you know, not only that, but then, you know, you have that personal, like, okay, you're kind of like me, like, you got to like the people that you're going to be spending some time with. So definitely want to be kind of the same stage and maybe look for others who also want to go to the, the same stage where you want to go. Because I think that's important, too, because you want to find people that you can like link arms with and go there together. Yeah, I mean, the reality is like, when we started, we all kind of loosely knew each other or kind of knew somewhat of each other. Joe, you mentioned like we had hung out at a conference for a couple hours talking, but it wasn't like we had spent you know, like we'd known each other for years and years or anything. And right. I mean, even with Brian, like he, I think we'd exchanged some emails or something, but, and had met briefly, but it wasn't like, you know, we had some multiple year friendship or something. So how important do you feel like it is to have any type of existing relationship if you're going to start a group? Probably good to have some level of relationship. Like it's kind of weird to start talking about all these stuff with people you literally have never met or talked to before. So if you don't know anybody, or if you don't have a decent relationship with anyone, maybe you start with a one-on-one calls and do that for a couple months and then transition to something more. Yeah. Intimate. Yeah. Uh, hey, another thing I thought of too, is finding people that have like, they just kind of enjoy this thing. Like, I don't know. I guess it depends on what type of mastermind you're running. But so I think something that's been important for us is having people that like, you're giving an example, find somebody who would be a part of this call and wouldn't get pissed off because I'm drawing like smiley faces over here on the side. <laughs> Like, dude, we just like, we don't take two things too seriously, right? So finding people with similar, that's a terrible smiley face. Finding people with similar senses of humor and just like that, because we take trips a couple times a year. And like, it just sucks traveling with people that are not, uh, that don't, um, I don't know, maybe think about things similarly or whatnot. So some of that you can choose ahead of time. Some of that you just kind of have to learn the hard way and uh, maybe you, you figure out things aren't a good fit. But that's something that kind of popped in mind as we were talking. Like mm-hmm. going into, like if you're going to start a new group from scratch, like how, like knowing what we know now, it feels like our group has evolved significantly from what 
we started with like, here's the concept of the group to what it is today. So how much of that in the beginning, do you just feel like, I just want to find a couple of people, guys, gals, whatever, who are doing something similar, similar place in business, headed similar places in business. And let's just get together and talk shop and go from there and see what evolves or how important is it to really have some, like even just uh, like personal criteria in terms of, you know, we were one thing that's important to us is we're all husbands, we're all fathers. We all, for the most part, live here in Nashville. Our wives get along with similar belief systems. So there's a lot of like the personal things that have nothing to do with business. And I guess at the same time, everything to do with business that really affect our group. So how important is like the personal side and the personal dynamics when starting a group? I think it's just going to kind of depend on the individual. I mean, like Grant, you and I, when we talked in the very beginning, those were things that were like, cause we had been in other groups too. And you kind of share like, I, I wish it was this, or I wish it was that. And I know for me, it was like separating, okay. Like my spiritual beliefs from my business it was it's kind of impossible. Cause it's like, for me, it's just, they're intertwined. And so it'd be nice to have other people that get that same thing. And so you got to know what are super important, but others, they don't care about that. It's just like, it's strictly business. Like I just want them to be on the same business mindset as me or whatever. But and I think you find that after talking with with people and don't be afraid to like grow as you go. Like we've changed our format, what, over the years, quite a few different teams tried things. You don't have to be totally locked into something. Jeff, how did you, since you're kind of the new kid on the block, if someone's listening to this and they're going, okay, there's a group I want to be a part of, or there's some other people that we all kind of loosely know each other. Like when you were joining our group, what did that process look like for you? As far as the selection process? Yeah. And or, even, I mean, even just like, here's some group of guys that I, I know they have something I'd like to be a part of it. And was I just kept thinking, like, what are these guys going to give me? Like, what am I giving up to spend time with these guys? Because I'm kind of a big deal if you didn't know that already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's just go with that. Then. Okay, yeah. Let's. Um, no. Uh, I know that a few masterminds that I've been in before, I mean, they're all successful, even where I was at or where I wanted to be, you know, five years from now. And I would say, you know, some of the values uh, came into question, you know, being a Christian guy and wanting to surround myself with other successful Christian online entrepreneurs. So that was definitely something that I was looking for. Um, in the beginning, though, like it was, man, if I could get with anybody who's gonna help me grow my business, like I was all about it. Right. And then as the business evolved, as I grew, you know, with family, spiritually, all that good stuff, it just, that became more the priority. It wasn't like, I don't, yeah, I still want to 10X my business, but I don't want to do so like, you know, selling my soul and, you know, put my family on the back burner. So I know like when I, this opportunity was there, I, I was very excited just because, except for Brian, obviously, I mean, he was the oddball, but um, <laughs> that has not changed at all. Uh, okay. I want to talk about the uh, format for a second, because I think sometimes whenever it comes to masterminds that they can look a lot of different ways, they can have a lot of different components, some that may make sense, some that may, may not make sense. We've tried a bunch of different things. So from in-person things that we meet up and we do to, we use a, a private Slack channel to calls we do. We try to book club for a little bit. Our wives have hung out uh, together as well. So let's kind of talk through the evolution of what are some of the different components we've used? What are the components we like? We don't like the pros and cons of, of some of those different things. So Brian, what are your thoughts on that? Why don't you start? You never keep, you never answer any of these questions. I'm chiming in when I need to. <laughs> uh, so what was the, what, what's worked and what hasn't worked? Is yeah. That, just in that? terms of uh, Slack calls, retreats, book clubs. So in the early wives, days, Slack seats. was big. I feel like Slack was really good for us for the first probably year and a half. 
Um, and how do and we then, use it though? Oh, how do we use it? So for a while we had like every Monday, people would post their number one priority for the week and they post updates to it throughout the week. So that was really good. At our quarterly meetups, we would set like number one goal for the quarter and then we would attach a consequence to that. And that was actually really fun. And we did that for probably a year and a half. And then each week we would basically post what's the number one thing we're going to do this week to reach that number one goal. So that was really cool. That actually kept us really focused, I think, in a period that we all needed that accountability. And Slack was just like the dialogue of that. So it'd be fun stuff we'd talk about. There'd be business stuff we would talk about. It was really live and happening. Something happened probably middle of last year. I don't know if it was the our businesses started growing where we had employees and contractors that were filling those holes that we were kind of filling for each other in the previous year or two. But the conversation in Slack in general just kind of started going down. So we kind of evolved that. We evolved our meetings to where we weren't doing the consequence stuff near as much as we were before. And so Slack used to be something where there was continuous dialogue every day. <laughs> Did you really just share that? <laughs> <laughs> hey Nathan, what's up, man? It used to be something where we would uh, have continuous dialogue and have fun and stuff during the day. Now it's like way less that. Like I've actually taken it off my computer and just have it on my phone uh, for various reasons. But yeah, so Slack has been good. It's probably less useful right now than it has been in the past. But in that early like zero to five hundred thousand dollars stage, where you're just you and a handful of part-time contractors and you're trying to learn how to do the business thing and trying to figure out a lot of that stuff, like I felt like it was extremely helpful. And it probably evolved to being a little bit of a distraction at some point. And I now feel like we're at a good balance. Like we don't talk a lot during the day on Slack, but we'll jump on calls like this occasionally. And we have our quarterly meetups, which is where our big stuff happens at. So I kind of like the mix right now. It's different and I kind of miss the old stuff occasionally. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think it's definitely evolved over time. Like Joe, I think you kind of touched on earlier that being an entrepreneur, maybe Brian, you said this, but being an entrepreneur is very, very isolating. It's very lonely. And from a, um, I'm just having a crappy day and I just need to like verbally spew that out. Or I just had a big win or something just went really well in the business. And I just want someone to celebrate with, or here's an idea. And I just need someone to bounce that idea off of and someone to run that by. So this group has served like really, really well, just in, in the form of like Slack, just being able to like, I'm just going to jump in or even just like, Hey, I'm looking for a graphic designer. Does anybody know anyone? Or Jeff, I saw this, you know, cool design that you had the other day. Who's the person that did that for you? And so some of those just like sharing resources, sharing ideas, sharing things that have just worked for us. Slack has been a really good tool for that. One thing I know that a lot of groups have is they do some type of like regular call. And Jeff, I know that you're part of, I think another group and you do calls from time to time. So what are your thoughts? And I know we've personally in our group, we've tried calls and they've been hit and miss. Any thoughts on doing a call or a Zoom call or some type of a weekly regular meetup? Yeah, I've had, so I've been in a part of uh, two different ones where we had a call. One was, it was a required call. I mean, you didn't miss no matter what. And I liked it for a while, but then it came to where you know, it was on a Monday and if the kids were off on a holiday and here I am trying to do a mastermind call at 11 o'clock during the middle of the day and we're on vacation or something, I just didn't like that. I mean, and I, was, I started feeling guilty if I didn't show up. Uh, and I don't think that was myself making myself feel guilty. I feel like that was what the group was. And I think it just came down to, you know, difference of priorities. The other uh, mastermind, uh, actually, that I'm still in, we have a, a weekly call. It's a very loose call. We have it probably on average once to twice a month. But um, it's nice. I mean, it's a nice check-in. We do Zoom. We see each other. We can share resources similar to what we're doing here. 
I like having that option where there's a little bit uh, less flexibility. But I think, I don't know, I would honestly, with you guys, I would love to do like a monthly call. Just to, how, many, how many masterminds are you in, Jeff? Just two right now. But I don't know if I would actually call the other one a mastermind. I guess kind of it is. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it meets on Fridays and I've not, I've been there once or twice, I think in the last month, just due to other issues. But so yeah, Joe, but we don't got, do like any meetups or anything. Joe, you got any observations on our calls and the times we've done them? Yeah. I mean, I know for me, when we first started, like the idea of doing a call felt cumbersome to me too. Like, oh, another thing I've got to show up for. And now that, you know, we have flexibility, that was just like annoying. Not to mention the bigger your group is, the harder it's going to be to get everybody in a good time slot that works for everybody. And so being able to have it like really loose was really cool. But now that um, like the times we've done it and done it successfully, I always do enjoy it because there is that camaraderie but i've been amazed at the amount of that we've been able to capture in slack honestly i mean there's been days where you know we've had slack threads that i'm literally almost rolling on the floor laughing because of these things that just kind of take off and it really feels like you're just kind of there and part of something so i mean slack's been awesome i think yeah i think that speaks to the size of the group too because that could just get really tough i think with the four of us like our group's been bigger at times we're five and just every person you add makes it that much more difficult to plan things like this. I mean, even just this took us a while to like find a good date and time. Right. So there's that element too. And not only that, but just being able to like on your own time, kind of when you need to, if somebody posts something in Slack, you might be in the middle of something, but knowing that you're not going to miss it, you can follow up on it later when the time is good for you versus, okay, you've got this one hour slot or whatever your time is, you've got to be there. And so I don't know, just kind of depends. What? Danny Peck Day was pretty good. We've developed a lot of inside jokes here that have uh, served <laughs> us well over the time. Okay, let's talk about uh, retreats for a second because this is a one component that I think has been real valuable both personally and professionally for us as a group. So why don't we kind of talk through what some of the treats are, retreats are we've been, we've, we are, we've done before, what uh, the format is, how that's evolved and changed over time, why the retreats are important or significant to us. Let, let's kind of dialogue on that. Brian, want to, you, you got any thoughts? Why are retreats important to us? Is that the question? Sure. Okay. <clears throat> so for me, having like a standing weekly call, like, I don't know, like at this point of where I'm at, at least as a leader and as a business owner and dad and parent and whatnot, I don't want any more standing commitments. Like I'm trying to actively cut stuff out. So doing like a weekly call for me is like, ah, like that would be, I don't really want to do that. I like the idea of doing it and I would enjoy doing it just like I enjoy doing this call now, but what you have to give up to do that isn't worth it. I don't, whoa, there it is. <laughs> Sorry about that. That's been hanging out there a while. hasn't popped in. So the retreats are really good because we do what three to four a year. I think we're moving towards three, one in the winter one in the summer, and then one maybe in the fall or spring. Like we just did one in Chicago a few weeks back and that was really good. And those are really great because they're two or three days long. You get to travel, you get away from the family, you do unplug from work stuff. We talk about work stuff some, uh, those retreats have evolved too. They used to be two or three intense days with hot seats and an agenda and prepared. And like that was really helpful. I think as our businesses have evolved and as we just trust new stuff in the group, like the one we just finished a few months ago was the least planned, least intensive of all of them. And I think maybe one of our best ones. <laughs> like I didn't feel overwhelmed or exhausted at the end. Whereas all the other ones were like super intense and focused. I got to get done. I'm ready to take like a two day vacation to recover from the mastermind trip. You uh, so weren't exhausted because you weren't trying hard enough at Whirly Ball. That's Hey-o. why we lost. <laughs> <laughs> I think I got a little carried away when I punched Grant. But I too much. Yeah, yeah, that did happen. 
But I mean, you got to win, and I can't help it. Grant sucks at worthy ball. So yeah, so um, I don't remember what the original. I'm just rambling now, but uh, they've evolved. Like it's really weird. Like I feel like since Jeff has come on, like the group is really just completely different than it was a year ago. The way it runs, or our Slack conversation, our group conversation, like like he's come in right as we were transitioning. Like it's just a different kind of group now because we 90% of our stuff, I feel like happens that are in-person stuff. And that's two or three times a year. Well, Whereas before it's probably 90% not in person. Well, so it's fun. Now it's just kind of like a vacation where we talk business a little more relaxed. And I, I really enjoyed the last one myself. Jeff. So you've been on two retreats now and they were, you know, as Brian kind of described, they're like polar opposites. Like one was really, really intense and one was more just kind of goof off in Chicago. Did you have any preferences on one or the other? Or what did you think from just observations from both of them? Man, I mean, I liked them both, you know, for obviously for different reasons. The first one, you know, we did like an uh, email or a funnel breakdown and that was just fun to see everybody's funnels, how they're doing it, how they're doing it differently, seeing some slide decks and just got some really good ideas. And then the other one just being less informal. And I mean, we didn't know what Whirly Ball was until Chicago. And then all of a sudden, I mean, we were there three times in three days and could have been there <laughs> even more than that. We spent a little bit of money at Whirly Ball. <laughs> well worth it, though. There's four people <laughs> listening right now that know what Whirly Ball is. Everybody else needs to go Google it. And there's yes. four people that are really happy that we're talking about it. Yeah. And I think just uh, going back to, I think, uh, you know, Joe made the original point at the beginning as far as just not having a group of uh, like-minded individuals that you can go out and have a good time with. I mean, that was something that, you know, I've got four children, so I don't get out a lot. And to be able to do that and with four guys and have a blast and, and win 95% of the games was good. <laughs> Check your stats. <laughs> yeah, so I think the retreats have been really good from a, a professional standpoint where we can definitely talk business. But I think you, as you guys all alluded to, it's been really good just for life that one thing I think that why we've all clicked really well is yes, we're entrepreneurs, but more than that, we're, we're husbands, we're fathers. So a lot of times, you know, if we're sitting around having a meal or playing whirly bar or whatever, we're also just talking about marriage and parenting and just life. And so I think that's, I don't know that that our intention when the group started was for it to become that, but it feels like it's definitely evolved to that where maybe the personal side is more important than the professional side today. Like I know we've talked about different people that may or may not be a fit for the group. And oftentimes it comes back to who they are personally and if they would gel with us in this type of group. Yeah. I think especially if you're going to do like in-person retreats kind of like we have. And that's probably the reason we've been able to get away with using Slack for so long, because you've got this ongoing kind of communication in Slack, but then you know, you've got the big quarterly where we're really going to kind of all catch up. And if we have deeper questions or like, we're just sitting having lunch and you can just say, Hey, Grant, what is that thing you're doing with your new funnel? Or, you know, Brian, how's, how how are you running this Facebook ad? Or, you know, just those casual conversations work like that. But then as you do those in-person retreats, you start to know the people and spend more time with them. It kind of evolves and goes from there. So, I mean, if you're not doing in-person stuff, you probably could get away with a lot less personal type of group. But I don't know for us, that's it's been a huge part of what I enjoy about it most. I look forward to them every quarter. And it also is kind of like a little kick in the pants knowing that like, okay, they're going to ask what's new in your business. And I don't want to say the same thing that I said last time and those kind of things. So it's like, and we did this cool little show and tell thing last time, which I thought was really helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just being open to trying new things. I think we even brainstormed at the end of like, okay, what could we do different next time? Like this time was a little more relaxed, but next time maybe we'll do a little more show and tell. And then obviously add in Whirly Ball and we need some affiliate links for Whirly Ball somewhere. Show and tell was really fun. I like that. What was, uh, yeah. right, explain what show and tell was. So, yeah. Michael, Brian. You go, you go, Joe. 
<laughs> well, basically just like, I think we just got to kind of share something that we we're excited about, something that was like working well, whether it was a, a spreadsheet to track, you know, Facebook ads and conversions and stuff like that, or just a, a cool new thing that we're excited about. I mean, that was kind of it. Yeah. Yeah. That was Brian's doodles. Check that out. This is a really funny cartoon I just found. A lot, a, lot, a lot of Brian Doodles, indeed. Yeah, like the show and tell thing I think was fun because it was just, here's something little that worked in my business or here's something that's been, I'm excited about right now. And even though it, um, it may be something that's important or significant to me, oftentimes we, and even when we've done hot seats, even if someone else was in the hot seat, it was super helpful to hear what they were working on or to hear some of the feedback that was given to them and see how it was uh, applied to our own business. So, and even just like kind of wrap up on the retreat side, I mean, we've done times where we've just rented an Airbnb somewhere locally here around Nashville. Uh, we've rented a, a cabin before we did a houseboat last year that we're wanting to do again this year. We went to a, uh, an Auburn college hey, football hey, game. Tell your toilet story from the houseboat. <laughs> Brian rented us the most ghetto houseboat ever. I tell the you what, most, the house, the houseboat it was, was a lot of 80 foot houseboat and you're calling it ghetto. <laughs> the pictures, the pictures would tell the story. Let me propose foot- a scenario. Everyone, if you go to the bathroom in a toilet and you flush the toilet and nothing happens and you know, you get the toilet a little clogged. Um, I'm not convinced you, the plumbing <laughs> on that boat worked at all. Well, if next time you have to go to the bathroom, what would you do? Would you go to the same toilet or would you go to a different toilet had nothing been solved on it? Or would you keep going to the same toilet over and over again and eventually have to go get a stick from the woods to help <laughs> the items in the toilet go down the toilet? Option A, keep going to the same toilet. Option B, keep going to the, the, to the other toilet that's we're, working. We're all still haunted by that houseboat because that was the, the trip where you screamed at all of us, like violently screamed at all of us. It was a yeah, very... Was I didn't have a voice. I completely lost my voice. Very <laughs> alarming and scary. Okay, let's wrap up with this. So I think kind of overarching of what we've talked about here, like our group has really evolved dramatically in terms of format, in terms of what's important to us, in terms of what the value is we're trying to get out of it. So knowing what you know now, so many groups can be hit and miss. So let's go around with everybody. What would you say for someone that's wanting to start a group? What advice would you give to them? I would start with, if you're wanting to start a group, don't try to start a group. Go grab one person and tell them, hey, let's get on the call and talk about business. And the little framework that I'd use for that is brag, ask, share, and admit. So what I would do when you get on the call with a person, brag about one thing that's going well, uh, share one thing you've learned recently, ask or share a book or a, a resource, a course, a podcast you listen to, whatever. So brag about something, share something, admit to something you're struggling with or need help with. And then what was the last one? Brag, ask, oh, ask, brag, ask, share, admit, B-A-S-A, you know, whatever. So a little format you can use. I, <laughs> I can't remember letters currently. I'll write it on my screen actually when the next person goes. <laughs> So brag, ask, share, admit, find one person, start a little uh, one hour, once a month conversation with them and let that evolve into a bigger group thing if it does. Or you might find that's perfectly fine. Jeff. What Brian said. <laughs> mm-hmm. Joe. <laughs> yeah, I would say like, I mean, don't stress about it too much. Just start where you are. Like, like don't try to form this group and make it like it has to be this thing or or even look at our group and be like, I want that. Like our group evolved and took a long time to get to, you know, and it's 
doesn't happen overnight. Start with the relationships you have or don't have. Don't be afraid to get out there out of your comfort zone and like go to conferences. That's something we didn't mention that, I mean, this kind of started from a conference. You get to really meet some cool people, like-minded people. And don't be afraid to ask around. That's another point, I think, Grant, that we did while we were there. We're like, hey, I remember we asked, I think we asked Jeff Goins right after one of his talks. We're like, we're thinking about kind of starting this group here's what our values are. Here's what we want it to do. Do you know anybody else that's in our level? Like, don't be afraid to ask around or ask people, you know, if they know anybody referrals is always good. And I think once you start kind of putting your stake in the ground, people might kind of start coming to you as well. So just let it form naturally. It's easy to say on this side of it. Cause I remember being on the other side, really wanting a group like this at one time. Totally. And I went for about a year before and I just thought like, it's not going to happen. But then like the second you stop trying to force things, sometimes that's when things loosen up and start to happen. Jeff, you want to try again? Uh, no, I think the messaging as far as going to conferences, I know that, uh, you know, I've been a, a FinCon, the financial blogger conference attendee for however many years it's been going on. And I've seen a lot of different mastermind groups form just within the Facebook group that they have. You'll still, somebody will post a message, Hey, I want to start a mastermind group. And you'll see the thread of comments that go. And I mean, that's just one easy way that you can do it. But I think the one thing, once you start one, I mean, don't be afraid to hurt feelings and say, hey, you know what? This is not working. Either politely kicking somebody out or removing yourself. You know, if it becomes more of this distraction. So kick them out, move on, do it with love, of course. And uh, yeah, have fun with it. That's a good point too, because that's something that we established in our group, right? Where we're like, we all need to really be self-aware that if your values aren't currently lining up with what we've set for the group, then it politely, maybe it's time for you to move on. Don't make it to where we have to have awkward conversations. It will everybody kind of be self-aware and it's okay if somebody needs to move on and go. So you're not locked into it for life and, you know, kind of set those kind of boundaries up right up front. Yeah. I think uh, the piggyback and all that, that, there's really no rules for what a mastermind can or should be. And, and even like, as we've said, ours has evolved and changed over time in terms of what it looks like, in terms of the people that are in it, in terms of how we meet and interact with each other. And Brian, as you were touching on earlier, we used to do our retreats look differently. Our week to week interactions, our day to day interactions look significantly differently a year ago than they do today. So be willing to evolve and change instead of feeling like it has to look like this, you know, forever and ever and uh, be willing to, to roll with that. So, all right. If people want to find you and stalk you online and be like, wow, these guys, these guys know something about life. And I just want to see how pretty they are just by watching a video or looking at their, their faces. So Joe, where can we find you online? You can find me on Twitter at Scrivener Coach is my handle or josephmichael.net. It's currently getting redesigned and is going to be my hub. So check it out. Baby. Brian, where are you online? Uh, go to smartbribe.com. It's a cool little free app we made. It allows you to get more traffic to your site. It's free. Smartbribe.com. You also get on the newsletter and crap if you sign up there. So smartbribe.com. Newsletter and crap. All right, beautiful. Jeff Rose, where are you? Uh, Twitter, I'm J Jeff Rose. And no, I don't have a stuttering problem. Uh, Why is Canada. there the extra J in there? Because the Jeff Rose from Canada beat me to it. That's why. And he won't, he won't sell it to me. They're the worst. Canadians, Canadians eh? eh? <laughs> All right. Appreciate you, fellas. All right. There you go. I uh, hope you enjoyed that conversation and uh, chit-chat with uh, the guys in my mastermind. All great guys and, and really deeply admire, respect. 
And I uh, really appreciate those guys. So really appreciate them also taking the time. It was a nightmare to get it scheduled. Everybody's just busy, has a lot going on. So it's a lot of fun to get that scheduled and recorded. And I hope you enjoyed that. I hope that was something that could uh, benefit you. I, I would encourage you to browse around and, and, and figure out, are there some people that maybe you would want to be in a mastermind with? And maybe it's worth just trying and testing out and seeing if it would be a fit for everybody involved. So I'd highly recommend that, especially from a speaking perspective. If if you are getting started or wherever you're at in your speaking business, try to find some other people that are in a similar spot or even who are a step or two ahead of you that you can learn from and, and definitely be able to link arms with. I know that within our, our Booked and Paid to Speak community, Booked and Paid to Speak is, is our, our primary training program teaching you a step-by-step system on how to find and book speaking engagements. And so within that, we actually have a, a community component where uh, we have over at this point, point of this recording, we have close to 900 people that are in the Facebook group. And uh, so I know that we've had actually a couple of masterminds that have come out of that, of people that have just connected with other speakers who are building their business and doing it as well. So it's a great opportunity to connect with other speakers. All right, my friends, that wraps up episode 137. We'll catch you next time. You're awesome.